Innovation happens in the blink of an eye. And to understand the implications, you need a credible source that helps to make sense of it all. Stay up to date on the most pressing innovation issues shaping the world today by subscribing to Better Innovation, a podcast featuring top management strategists, policymakers, and leading innovation thought leaders from across the globe. Going into its sixth season, Better Innovation, hosted by Jeff Saviano, a global innovation leader with EY, delves into how innovative technologies like blockchain, artificial intelligence, digital currencies, and the promise of Web 3.0 are transforming the global landscape. Featuring elite guests like Jeremy Allaire, CEO of Circle Financial, authors Whitney Johnson and Rita McGrath, former U.S. Cabinet member Andrew Card, and a number of leading MIT scientists. Subscribe today and hear more from these distinguished guests. Subscribe to Better Innovation on your favorite podcast platform. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. As I promised earlier in this week, today we're talking about the five elements of story. And look, I kind of introduced the whole topic on the live stream part of this, so I'm not going to like repeat myself too much because sometimes I do repeat myself on this show. Uh, but before we get into it, I mean, the biggest thing for me, as always, is like, if you like this, please share it, please review it. Really, really focusing on growing this podcast at the moment. And I've been getting some great feedback from people and I know they're really liking these episodes. So that's awesome. And if you like this, uh, thank you so much for those who've reached out to me as well. It's really, really encouraging. You can get in touch with me via email that's on the podcast show page, I think. Uh, you can head over to my website, laurencrest.com. Tweet with me, laurencress89. Uh, you can go on my YouTube channel. I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where I hang out the most. Uh, come say hello. Come tell me what you thought. And, you know, if you like this episode, share it with your friends. I'll see you again on Monday for our Monday Motivation episode. I haven't decided what that one's going to be about yet, but I'm very much looking forward to sharing that with you. I'm also going to be recording another What Science Says video this weekend to post on YouTube. I haven't decided whether I'm going to keep sharing these on the podcast or not. I shared one experimentally on Sunday last week. So if you like that, please let me know uh, what you thought, but we're going to be talking about stress. So I feel like that's actually a pretty relevant thing for everyone right now. So I might share it on the podcast as well. I hope you have an awesome weekend. If you want to support this show, head over to my Kofi page. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. You can buy me a cup of coffee there. That would be awesome. I'm going to keep bringing you really, really good content to compel you to want to keep my caffeine addiction going. We're just going to head over to a short ad break. Well, I mean, sometimes there's an ad, sometimes there's not an ad. So if you're lucky, there won't even be an ad. But I create a little break so you don't get like, whoa, what was that? And uh, and then we'll get on to the main part of the show. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice cold Coca Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Today, we're talking about storytelling. Now, 
I've been doing 30 minute live streams. I'm going to try to push it down into 20 minutes because 30 minutes is a little bit long. So we'll see how we go. And to start off with, I want to just talk about why storytelling is so, so important. Now, if you have questions, um, just pop it in the comments and uh, I'll answer them as I kind of go along. So why is storytelling so important? Well, Stories are basically essentially the way that we process information in our brain. So our brain is wired for story and in its very, very basic sort of structure, how stories work is they relate cause and effect together. And our brain is always looking for patterns. So what story does is story helps us make sense of the world by relating, you know, an event to some sort of action, some sort of effect, some sort of result. The other thing that stories do is stories put emotional context around what we're saying. So what's actually going on in our brain as we as, as we hear a story is that different parts of our brain are activating. So when we read like a study or a paper that's really dry, it makes our brains work really hard because things aren't concrete, things aren't emotional. And so we have to use sort of the cognitive processing to, to understand that story, well, not that story, that information. When we relay information in terms of a story, what happens is different parts of our brain actually, you know, look at this from like doing brain scans and stuff. And they can tell that what's happening when we're hearing a story is that multiple parts of our brains, brains, (laughs) multiple parts of our brain are activated. So the emotional part of our brain, our limbic system, uh, is activated when we hear a story and that helps us to remember information. It helps also helps to get attention in the first place. So it's really important for all of us who want to build our brand through our social media, through our content, that we understand sort of the art of storytelling. And what I'm going to do is talk through sort of the five key elements to telling a story. And once I explain this structure, you'll kind of be like, oh yeah, I see this all the time. If you look at um, my interviews, if you look at my content, I always follow this structure. But having this structure, hi Tina, how's it going? Following this structure uh, just allows us to kind of have so much breadth. So I want to give a shout out to Tarek and Sarah from um, Public Speaking for Life because they actually taught me the five elements of story and it really, really helped me and it continues to help me in all of the content that I put together. So essentially what we're doing when we're telling the stories, we're sort of going through the hero's journey, but it's sort of like a condensed version of the hero's journey. And you can do this in a tweet and you can do this in an hour long presentation. The same structure kind of applies. So the first thing we need to do in a story is we need to set the scene. We need to explain the world that we're in and the situation around us. So to do that, when we think about that from a brand perspective, how we provide that sort of context, how we set the scene is we actually look at what's going on for our customers. So it's really important to understand that the hero of your story is your customer, is your ideal customer. And that's who you want to kind of champion throughout the journey that you're describing. I'm a bit thirsty. I'm just going to have some water while I'm talking. (laughs) Okay. So we can set the scene by doing a number of things. Um, If you're in the B2B space, a really good thing to do is either to share an insight 
or to ask a question. So sharing an insight might be something like, uh, I'll use an example for HR people. So 85% of employees hate the job they're in. They're disengaged. Why is that? Straight away, that sets the scene. We know what they're talking about. We know if it's relevant to us or not. And the right people are going to tune in if that's something that's bothering them. Um, Tina said, what I what I find difficult is to use the right words to make the description vivid. Yeah, that's a really good point. A lot of people struggle with that. I'll come back to that in a minute because I do want to talk about that more in terms of how we make things concrete as well. But I'll just finish walking through the five elements of story and then I'll I'll come back to that if that's all right, Tina. So we set we set the scene, we ask a question, it can be really short or it can be longer. If we're doing something that's uh, you know, an hour-long presentation, we might start by that and then we might sort of lay out the or, or sort of share the lay of the land a little bit more. Actually, if you look at TED Talks, they'll do this a lot as well. And at the end of this, I'm going to give you some like practical things you can do, practical actions you can take to start getting better at storytelling. And one of them is to go and watch, you know, other talks, go and watch other people who are good at storytelling and, and sort of what they do and look for this structure because you'll see it time and time again. So we kind of lay start to lay out the problem. We start to expand on that. And that brings us to the second element of story, which is around conflict. If you think about a movie, if you think about anything you watch, there's always some sort of battle that the character is having, some sort of challenge, some sort of problem. And in marketing, what we're always doing is sort of what we want to relate that problem to our solution, right? But we talk about the problem first. And this is something that I see a lot of people um get wrong. So they'll talk about the solution first rather than talking about the problem first. But the thing that's going to hook people in and get them to listen to more is to talk about the problem. So that's what we kind of explain like what our ideal customer is going through. So again, going back to that example of 85% of people are disengaged at work, we could start talking about the problems associated with that. If people are disengaged with work, they're going to be doing the bare minimum at work. They're not going to be excited to show up and do their absolute best. They're not going to necessarily be the most productive employees because they're not really feeling like absorbed by what we're or challenged or interested in what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. So we sort of outline that challenge a little bit more. And again, we might want to put some insights in there too. So if there's other statistics, if there's other sort of data, again, especially for B2B, research shows that in the B2B space and for executives and leaders, they like to be sold to in this way. They actually like to have those insights and that data to, to make sure that what you're saying is actually like it's got some credibility behind it. So situation, then we talk about the conflict, we talk about the problem from the hero's perspective. And then after that, and only after that, <laughs> do we talk about our solution? Because If we talk about us and our solution at the beginning, we're putting ourselves as the hero and that's not going to work for our customers. So by putting it as the third sort of piece is like, oh, this is a situation, this is the problem. And now I'm going to talk about the solution or the action as the guide. Then people start to go, oh, okay, you're the expert that can help me. So that's when we bring ourselves into it. I'm the guide in this story and I'm going to help you in this journey. So then we might say, here's some ways that we've helped employees to re-engage in their work. So you outline your solution 
and again, you want to do this, and this actually comes into Tina's point. So this is this is where I'll sort of go into what what you're asking about, Tina. When we outline our solution, it's really important to give some concrete examples to actually bring what we're saying to life. And we, to do that, we want to use emotive language. We want to use, um, you know, what I do a lot of is I'll talk about a client. So I had a client the other day and they're like, I'm pumping out all of this content every day on LinkedIn and it just doesn't get any traction and no one's listening. And or, you know, I put this Facebook ad out and I can only get people to pay attention for the first three seconds. You know, people aren't, oh, okay. So by explaining that, it's like, yeah, I have that problem. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's something I've been through, you know, and for instance, with the emotive language, you might say something like, it's really frustrating when you're putting all this effort and energy and resource and time and attention and money into putting this content together and it's going nowhere. It's falling flat. It's not doing anything for us. And it makes us sort of want to hold up our hands and say, you know what, I give up. So there I've talked about something that's emotionally relevant rather than just talking about the facts. The thing I see happen a lot, again, in the B2B space and a lot on LinkedIn for people who also, you know, want to just build their personal brand for their career progression is that they think because they're on a business platform or because they're talking to business people, they can't delve into the emotional side of things. They need to keep everything very rational. But there's absolutely a place for talking through the emotional uh, side of things and then because we're all human right like whether you run a business or not or whether you work in a business I mean we all well most of us work <laughs> right or we're looking for work like work is part of our life we're still humans it's not like we just become a robot whenever we're at work or wherever where whenever we're on LinkedIn so making sure that you actually tie you you demonstrate that you're talking to a person <laughs> demonstrate, you know what I mean? Super, super important. The fourth part of the story. So just to recap, we've done situation, problem, action or solution. Then we want to talk about the results and the benefits and the outcomes. So part four is results through doing the work that we do to re-engage employees, to get them excited about what they're doing day to day. We see productivity go up by 20%. We see uh, people are much happier when we do surveys. Employees are saying that they're much happier at work. They're less likely to leave. We see employee retention go up over time. Um, you know, it's increased, et cetera, et cetera, right? So you're talking through the benefits and the results. And the key thing with this is to make sure that what you're doing is you're not forcing the person to join the dots you're actually being really specific about the results I see a lot of consultants and coaches talk about their benefits and results in quite sort of nebulous terms so they'll say things like um oh you'll feel more um I'm trying to think of an example that it will be like it's so I'll use it the other way around instead of saying something like by working with me, you will get more customers or my customers on in a, on average see a 20% increase in customer acquisition or to go back to that example again before where I was talking about employee retention, like we see an a increase in employee retention over time of 20%. They'll say something like, it'll mean that your employees are more likely to stay longer or your employees are happier. 
And it's like, okay, the employees are happier, but what is the actual outcome? The outcome of your employees being happier is that they're more productive and they're more likely to stay in their job. So you just want to make sure that you're connecting the dots and making sure the benefits are really clear for what your audience cares about, for what your ideal client cares about. Um, And then the final, final thing, and in a story, we would call this your resolution, but in for, for business sort of um, purposes, I tend to think about it more as like the agreement rather than the resolution because at the end of a piece of content, what we want people to do is agree to some sort of action. So we put a call to action at the end of a video and we want the person to agree to it. So if you're looking for X, Y, Z, what you need to do next is subscribe to my podcast. If you're looking for X, Y, Z, what you need to do is jump on a phone call with me, send me a message, give the person something that they can agree to and say yes to as a next step to follow on from your content. Now, I also want to talk a little bit about um, the results that you can expect. I'm just reading my notes because I always have notes of like the questions that I ask myself. So the question I asked myself was, what results can you expect as you become better at telling stories? Okay. So I'm going to do the same thing that I always do, which is follow my sort of story outline, right? So when we become better at telling stories, what happens is one, we keep the engagement longer. So instead of having people tune in for just, you know, a short um, percentage of time for our content, you see uh, longer engagement times. So if you're getting like 50% engagement on a video, that's really good. If you're getting 20% engagement on a video, not so great. And what you might need to look at as well is like, how long is the piece of content? It's harder to tell for some things. So if you're looking at like a LinkedIn post, for instance, and you're like, how much engagement are I getting? Like you won't know exactly how many people are clicking, you know, to read on in your post. But what you can look at as sort of a proxy is you can look at how much reach is my content getting? Because what the social media algorithms are designed to do is based on responses, based on engagement, they'll make sure that they extend the reach. This is a good piece of content. People like it. Therefore, we're going to share it with more people in your network. That's why you'll have like, even if you've got 10,000 followers on LinkedIn, you can have a post that gets like a hundred views because what it, what LinkedIn does is it goes, oh, okay, like if in the first hour, no one's really engaged in this content and then in the first 24 hours, no one's really engaged in this content, then it's not a very good piece of content. So it doesn't actually even show it to all of your network. It only shows it to a very small portion of your network and Facebook, all of these platforms do the same thing. Facebook in particular is horrible with this stuff. Like company pages just get like no engagement. I kind of almost am starting to think that they're a bit of waste of time for a lot of us, but that's my opinion. When you can tell a good story, you are building credibility. You're also building the um, the likelihood that someone is going to engage with you in a warmer way. So essentially what it's doing is it's warming up the lead for you before you even jump on the call. So instead of getting on a call and then having to do the work to warm someone up and sort of break the ice, they'll talk to you like they know you. And this happens for me like every week. So everyone that I talk to already feels like they know me and they'll say that to me like oh I already feel like I know you or I love the content that you're putting together and so it's such a great way to start a conversation and a discussion because they're talking to you like you're familiar and that's what we're trying to do with building our personal brand right is we want to be familiar we want to be likable we want to be able to get on the phone and start selling because that person's like you actually can solve my problem I already know that 
I already invested in spending time watching your content. I've downloaded your ebook. I've subscribed to your podcast or your YouTube channel. And they're already really far along the way towards, you know, becoming a sale rather than having your your sale conversion ratio quite low when you get on the phone. So it helps you to save time when it comes to actually converting customers as well. So hugely, hugely beneficial. I've got four more minutes. So if you have any questions, pop them in um, the comments. But the other thing question I ask myself is why storytelling isn't enough. So even though storytelling is really, really valuable, this is a lesson that I learned the hard way and it sort of goes into everything that I'm talking about on these seen and heard live streams is that you could tell a really good story, but if no one's there to see it, then it, it kind of falls flat. This is what I was doing a lot on my YouTube channel was that the content was actually quite good, but the way I was framing it or the way I was cutting it or the way I was contextualizing it didn't work. And so with wherever you're putting your content, you need to think about what's the audience behavior on that channel? What are they looking for? How much time do they have? What's the ideal length? You know, it's kind of the reason I'm trying to push this back to 20 minutes because 20 minutes for a YouTube video, which is also where this becomes an on-demand piece, is about right. 30 minutes is a little bit too long for a YouTube video. You want it to be somewhere between eight and 20 minutes. On LinkedIn, you want it to be like one to three minutes. Uh, on a live stream, it's a little bit different because people jump in and out. So you need to think about how you're telling that story in relation to the medium that you're on. So next week or next fortnight, depending the next time I do one of these <laughs> live streams, I think I might be doing an interview next week, but the next time I do a live stream, what I'm going to talk through is more about how you can adapt your story for different channels and start to optimize how you get reach for your story. So creating great content is one thing and it's really, really important, but actually finding the ways to distribute it is another. Now, I promised at the beginning of this that I would share some actions that you can take away to really start to become a better storyteller. So I think the biggest thing for me anyway, and it does depend how you learn, but for me, what I found super, super helpful was immersion. So actually go and look at, now that you understand that basic framework, and I'll pop it into the comments after I finish this live as well, like what those key sort of things are. Once you have the basic framework, what you need to look at is how other people are applying it. So have a look at the people who are in your industry who are amazing thought leaders and look at the kind of content that they're putting out. Look at like if they've done a TED Talk, look at how they did that TED Talk. TED, TED Talks are 15 minutes long. They get training before they go and do that talk from TED. Not sure exactly how it works. I haven't done a TED Talk, but they... I do know that they train you on what to say and that's why it generally follows a particular formula. So immerse yourself in that. Go and watch a bunch of TED Talks that are, you know, with people in your industry or experts that are sort of related to you. Look at really, um, you know, highly followed YouTube channels that are in related industries. Look at podcasts. Look at how those people are structuring things and I guarantee you, you'll find that they're following that framework of setting up the situation, identifying the problem, talking through the actions, sharing the results, and then giving you some sort of either call to action or something to agree to or a resolution at the end of that. I think immersion really, really helps. The other biggest thing in this is part of immersion is practicing, right? So just like when you're learning a language, you can learn all the theory, but if you're not actually like 
talking with native speakers and getting corrected and, you know, trying again, like it's really hard to learn a language. It's, I've talked to lots of people who've learned second languages and they're like, it's all about practice. So you'll see like one thing they'll do is they'll go and watch lots of like foreign films in that language. They'll listen to podcasts in foreign languages or they'll read, but then they're also applying it. They're also practicing. So what you need to do is you actually just need to start creating those stories what I would say is if you're new to it is write out a story first or if you're doing a video make sure you have your bullet points film it or write it and then go back and look at it before you publish it so I edit all of my content I edit my videos I edit my podcasts I, I can see what I'm doing and what I did wrong what I did right and actually I listened to a podcast from like the beginning of the year so grow your brand is my podcast I've got it here if you want to check it out uh and I started it in January for this one and I'm listening to it now and I was like oh wow I've gotten so much better at this and I know that in six months time I'll be the same I'll be like oh wow I've gotten so much better at this because it's in the doing it's not that it was like terrible at the beginning but I've gotten so much better now and I think you you just have to get into the habit of of publishing content um I hope that has been helpful. So next week we're going to talk about platforms. I've hit the 20 minute mark, so I'm going to head off. But if you've missed this live stream and you want to ask me questions afterwards, just pop it in the comments and I'll come back to it and answer um, it in your comments. Or I might actually do a video on it in the future as well. Uh, if you like this kind of content, also do check out, oh, it's on this side, check out my Grow Your Brand podcast. It's wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. I'll put the link um, in the comments as well. But I'm talking about brand growth stuff every week. And the way I've now outlined things moving forward is Monday is like a motivation day. We talk about something you can do this week to grow your brand. Wednesday, I share an interview with an expert or, you know, a couple of experts. And then on Friday, I share the live stream from my seen and heard episode. So if you prefer listening to watching and you're like, this is great, but I'd rather be able to do the dishes at the same time, head over to my podcast, subscribe to that, and you can listen uh, on there instead. Have an awesome week, everyone. Great to chat with you again, and I'll see you again soon. All right, so that was my live stream for this week. I'll be back on Monday for a Monday motivation episode. If you have anything that you're like, I'd really like to learn about this next, tweet with me over the weekend. Let me know what your questions are. I'll have a bit of a think and I'll be back on Monday to share what I think would be useful. Until then, have an awesome weekend and I'll talk to you again soon.